You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans, and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Available on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Alexa, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Tuesday, I'm back to the land of the somewhat living after being pretty sick all of last week and this weekend and just unable to talk and record. So I'm back with you guys. We're going to do the best I can here and go as long as I can. Still not feeling 100% well. I promise I will make it up to you all for the missed podcast over the past couple of uh, the past week or so. We'll do some extra podcasts next week during the Christmas week when normally we wouldn't be recording. We'll give you something to listen to when you need to throw on your headphones and get away from your family and just get a break. This is a fun time of year, but that can be a lot of family and that's maybe just too much for everybody, but need to talk about a couple of things today, and we'll talk about things the rest of the week as well. Gonna recap that loss to the Heat. I have a lot of thoughts on this one from Sunday. I was there struggling throughout the game, and really do want to talk about this one, and then look at what uh, Alvin Gentry means when he talks about managing AD and Drew's minutes. That's kind of been a big thing. Is he doing it right? Is there a reason he's doing it too? We need to kind of take a look at all of that. Then we'll look at the trade market. And I'm going to explain kind of why you're probably not going to see a big move from the Pelicans for a little bit as they kind of try and right the ship, which they are struggling with right now. So a lot to cover and catch up on in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So the disappointing 102-96 loss for the Pelicans, just the second time they've failed to score over 100 points all season, to the Miami Heat, dropping to 15-16. and 16. Now they've alternated wins and losses over the past nine games. The Heat improved to 13-16, and 16, still three games under 500, despite some pretty good play from them overall these past uh, two weeks, as I think they're 4-2 and two now in their last two on a six-game road trip. This was a struggle for New Orleans. There's no other way to put it. They kept it close in this one, and the final score looks better than it actually was, and that probably has to do with the Miami Heat not being a good team. And imagine if the Pelicans played as they did against a really good team or just an even average to good team. This would have been 15-plus points, and the Pelicans were, in fact, down by 17 in this one, despite a lot of their metrics looking really good. Anthony Davis went out. 27 points on the night, 12 rebounds. Julius Randle, who left the game injured, twisting his ankle late in the fourth quarter, played 30 minutes, 17 points, 10 boards on the night. Hell, you got 10 points and 7 rebounds from Solomon Hill. Drew Holiday with 22 points, 4 assists on the night. Tim Frazier didn't do much of anything your other Pelican starter and was basically ineffectual in his 12 minutes of play. Each one more off the bench. Kind of subpar, less than optimal night for him. 11 points on the night, did hit 3-3, three, three, so at least that's good. You look at this, though, and again, that seems like a decent night. Maybe the Pelicans can win this one. Only 11 turnovers. You got to feel good about that. 16 second chance points, 14 fast break points. They're kind of doing what they want. This was not the case whatsoever. Again, this is not a good Miami Heat team, by the way, who won 
by shooting just 41.8% on the night, and they won by eight. That tells you how poorly the Pelicans played. They shot just 28.6% from three. Again, shows you how poorly the Pelicans played in this one. Except the Heat just kind of dictated the game. You know, they were aggressive going after offensive rebounds when none of the Pelicans were boxing out whatsoever. 25 second chance points on 22 uh, offensive rebounds. That's actually not great efficiency there. It means that they were getting those offensive boards and the Pelicans were then stopping them a lot of the time on other possessions. And they're a healthy offensive rebounding team, not to the tune of 22 though, and just making life very difficult for New Orleans. The Heat had 22 offensive rebounds. The Pelicans total had 38. The Heat grabbed 22 offensive boards compared to the Pelicans' 27 defensive rebounds. It's close to 50-50 right there. That is just an unacceptable number when you've got a guy like Anthony Davis out there, Julius Randle who can grab boards, Holiday who's got decent size, Solomon Hill chipped in seven, and you play that poorly on the glass. You can look at it and say that that's the difference in this game and that if they don't get a lot of those boards, well, then the Pelicans can win this. And you know what? You would be right because this is a bad Heat team that shot under 42%. So if you limit their offensive chances or their second chance points, you're going to win. It's kind of as simple as that. And then the Pelicans didn't. And again, if they play even an average team, they lose this one by 15 points or more. You're going to look at Anthony Davis's numbers, and we need to probably have a larger discussion about him, but we'll maybe save that for tomorrow. 27 points, 12 rebounds on the night. He was 2 of 3 from deep, 5 of 6 from the line, 10 of 19 overall from the field. It's a pretty good line. And then you look at the numbers and, and realize he was not impactful in the third quarter whatsoever. In the third period, he did not take one shot attempt. The Miami Heat switched to his own defense during that time, but in 12 minutes in the third quarter, AD grabbed three rebounds, three assists, zero points, zero shot attempts. Again, the Miami Heat switched that zone, a 2-3 zone, two guys up top, three guys kind of basically packing the paint, trying to cover the corners there and prevent drives and guys from scoring inside. And it allowed him to double or triple Anthony Davis basically anytime he touched the ball down low. You still have to find a way to get him a shot attempt. The way you break a zone defense is by shooting threes and stretching them out and burning them that way. And the Pelicans were not able to do that whatsoever in the second half. They took way too many threes for a team whose strength isn't three-point shooting. You could see the lack of respect the, the Heat defense had for the Pelicans shooters, and it allowed them to frustrate Anthony Davis. But they got into their actions and their sets way too late. Him not having a shot attempt in the third is inexcusable. If, the, if it's this easy to stop Anthony Davis by playing a 2-3 zone and the Pelicans, they're not going to win another game the rest of the year because the blueprint is clearly laid out on how to do it. There's a reason teams aren't always running a 2-3 zone against the Pelicans. It doesn't always work, and it doesn't work in general. There's a reason you see zone defense used sparingly. But it worked to a tremendous effect in the game on Sunday night, and it completely derailed the Pelicans' offense. Now, Alvin Gentry said after the game, AD finished with seven assists. He wasn't going to go out there and make bad plays or take bad shots. You don't want him doing that. And to his credit, he was passing. He was facilitating. 
in this game particularly. According to the tracking data on the NBA Stats website, AD averages 6.7 assist opportunities per night. So passes that could have been an assist if the guy makes a shot, things like that. He had 14 in the game against the Miami Heat. So he was making the right passes to guys who were shooting, and they just weren't making the shots. But that's kind of how it goes for this Pelicans team. You're going to trust Tim Frazier or Solomon Hill taking three-pointers on the perimeter? Darius Miller, who was awful from the perimeter in this game? No, you need to find other ways to score. And if your offense is just, well, at least he's not making the wrong play or taking a bad shot and he's kicking out to bad open shooters, it's not going to work. And it didn't in this one. And you could see it. So credit to Anthony Davis for doing that. But that's on the coaching staff and others to try and figure out how to manufacture some offense in the face of this defense, which isn't particularly stifling. There's a reason they don't get burned by zone defenses very often. You understand my frustration. So I think that's kind of a big thing. But more than that, Davis, and this goes back to the past number of games, does not look as checked in as the past season as, as last year was. It feels like he's playing at 70% of what he could be doing. That's it's not an actual number. There's no scientific method or formula or algorithm behind that. But he doesn't nearly feel as impactful. And he doesn't feel that he's kind of trying as hard as you can see. He just seems kind of checked out at times, whether it's the refs not having calls go his way or what have you. And it's been kind of weird. And it makes you concerned and wonder what's really going on here. If you look at him in the first quarter, despite 12 points from him, he missed a ton of defensive assignments, uh, times when he needed to rotate over, times when he got lost and was confused. And that's just not how he played last year, and I don't know what's going on. But if this team really wants to kind of right the ship, it starts with him. You know, it's as I said on Twitter, it's weird to criticize Anthony Davis for how good he is and how important he is to this team. But when you see bad play, you've got to call it out. And everything starts with him. And if he's not playing up to what he could be doing, maybe that kind of then goes through the rest of the team. But it also means he's open to criticism, too. So I think this is a discussion for another day this week or maybe after Christmas. Um, or maybe not. We don't want to depress you during like a really happy week when you're hopefully spending time with friends and family we'll see there's a concern there and it's growing and you can really see it kind of manifesting itself on the court so there's a lot of drama going on around the NBA we'll touch on some of that in the third segment here in locked on Pelicans but if you want to catch up on all of that and things happen fast 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 around the league make sure you're tuning in daily to locked on NBA Monday through Friday, no one else kind of recapping the action from the night before, diving into the biggest stories that you want to hear the way the Locked On Podcast Network is doing it. So please listen and subscribe and listen every Wednesday where I co-host with the Locked On Celtics host, John Corrales, the Wednesday edition of Locked On NBA. We have a lot of fun on there and listen and subscribe daily to Locked On NBA. So before the game against the Oklahoma City Thunder in his pregame media availability, Alvin Gentry talked about how he felt he needed to monitor and cut back the minutes for Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday. Basically, they both have led the league in minutes per game. We talked about it on the podcast, and Sirat Sohi wrote about it for SB Nation, I believe, and I might be wrong if I am. I'm sorry. And she wrote about kind of the monitoring that they're doing for this team and for these players. I don't know who wears what or what some of the specifics are, but basically there's a lot of biometric data being gathered about some of the Pelicans players. I think it's safe to say that it's Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis for sure, and who knows the rest of the guys, that 
they, they can monitor them. Are they eating right? Are they working them too hard? Are they able to go harder because they've had rest? There's a lot of technology involved in this right now. With them leading the league in minutes per game, though, I think Alvin Gentry could see maybe in late game situations that they were both kind of faltering a little bit, a little bit tired. You could see it in some of those close games that they've played. And maybe that has led to some of the Pelicans crunch time woes this year. So he feels they need to scale them back. This makes a lot of sense. It's something you want to do. It's certainly tough. And Alvin Gentry said it's it's difficult when you already have a bit of a banged up team and you're down two starters in Alfred Payton and Nikola Mirotic. And now you're going to be down Julius Randle most likely in Wednesday's game against the Milwaukee Bucks. So this is not an easy situation for him to try and manage. But then you look at the minutes they played in the Thunder game and in this game against the Miami Heat. It does not look like he's managing these minutes. AD has played 40 minutes and 39 minutes, respectively. Drew Holiday's played 34 minutes and 41 minutes, uh, respectively. So that's high. That's not doing a good job of managing the, this team's minutes. And yes, they had a number of days off um, after the game from the Thunder to this Heat game, their longest break of the year so far. But that's not managing the minutes when that's something that you're talking about it. So that's a bit of a concern to see there. What it sounds like is basically all of the data that's being given back to the team is kind of throwing up some red lights and making some sounds that you don't want to hear your technology do, saying these guys are starting to hit a wall and they need to try and scale them back. This is going to be a big concern. You're not losing a ton of ground here in the Western Conference playoff race, which is good. You know, we're, we're 31 games in now. It's safe to look at the standings and start to kind of take that into account and to analysis. But you're not going to make it easier on yourself later on in the year if you run these guys down a little bit too early when you're going to need them to kind of make a furious comeback as the season goes on. Think of it like the Pelicans in games where they get down early and then they burn all their energy just to get back to even and can't kind of get ahead of it. That's a real concern with what could happen during the regular season here. I also think some of the minutes and watching them and trying to limit this has to do with Nikola Mirotic and him playing on that injured ankle. They had him back before he was 100%. You could see he was just not himself out there. And then they decided to shut him down until he is 100% healthy. And I think that's a big thing. They saw him go out there. They probably made it a little bit worse by having him play on it or at least delay it getting to 100%. And that maybe wasn't the right move for the Pelicans to do. So they need to really monitor these minutes. Be careful with these guys because this is a hugely important season for the Pelicans, as we all know. So I think that's kind of what you're seeing. It'll be interesting to see now with Julius Randle um, out injured likely for Wednesday. What are the minutes going to be for Drew Holiday and for Anthony Davis? Look, they're not going to win if those guys aren't playing heavy minutes right now, but can you afford to play them those heavy minutes? Or is it just you've got to get wins while you can? And it's not easy. And, you know, maybe if they'd won a couple more games already this year, you could kind of take it a little bit easier knowing that, you you, you know, you're, you're in a good spot. But they're not. And they want to kind of get off this slide. So it'll be interesting to see. But Alvin, it's, it's on Alvin Gentry's mind, as it should be. And the Pelicans certainly need him to kind of manage the minutes from these players because it's going to be super important to have them fresh down the stretch when they're going to need to go on a run like they did at the end of last season.
So before we talk about the Wizards' Suns trade and then the failed trade <coughs> that it was, um, before that, do want to mention, don't forget the Locked On Podcast Network is doing basically unprecedented things on social media. If you're settling in for a night of games, it can be tough to follow along the timeline with so many different things going on. But we've got a curated feed for you that basically is going to tweet exactly what you need to know. And that's over at Locked On NBA Net. That's at Locked On NBA Net. It retweets basically all of the local podcast hosts giving you their insight into the games and things that matter. It filters it so it only gives you things that are relevant to basketball. You're not going to hear them talking about random things here and there. Only the things that are relevant to the games and the teams in the league. So make sure you follow at LockedOnNBANet. So the first real trade of the season happened over the weekend in a move that I think is largely inconsequential for both teams and the league as a whole. And I'm not going to give my insight onto this. Like I think it's just a stupid trade, basically. And I don't think it does anything for either team. And I really actually struggle to see why they kind of made this. The interesting thing to me is it was thought that Trevor Ariza was going to be kind of one of the hottest players on the trade market. And if all they got for him was Austin Rivers and Kelly Oubre Jr., then you know what? The trade market wasn't really there for him. And then as you start to kind of look around the league and the situation a lot of teams are in and who are going to be buyers and sellers, you know, it might actually be a fairly depressed and quiet trade market. And that, I don't know if it bodes well for the Pelicans or not, but the interesting thing is, and this comes from uh, Woj's pod over on ESPN, as he says, the Lakers aren't going to put their young assets or good assets in a deal for Ariza or for other veterans that make them incrementally better this year. It's because they want to save those assets should Anthony Davis become available or maybe another guy become available later on down the line in the offseason potentially or at the start of next year. You got to wonder if the Celtics are going to do the same thing or maybe some of these other teams that plan on chasing Anthony Davis. Are they going to hold on to their assets just for the chance to send them to the Pelicans later if Anthony Davis wants out? And again, this is not speculation or, or a hint that he's going to say he wants out. Maybe that's again a topic for another day. Just my thoughts on that. But, you know, because he hasn't said anything and he said kind of all the right things for the most part so far. But if that depresses the trade market, one, that Pelicans first round pick becomes much more appetizing and appealing as an asset and valuable as an asset than other things do, which maybe it means the Pelicans can kind of upgrade this roster greater than they would have been otherwise. But it also just might mean there's other players out there since no one's really trading for them. But I think it's just kind of an interesting, weird dynamic that maybe it's going to be a quiet trade deadline because of Anthony Davis, even though he's not going to get traded at the trade deadline, barring him just saying, I want the hell out of here. And even then, I don't think the Pelicans would trade him. Just kind of a weird situation there. Now, if you're hoping for the Pelicans to make a move soon to kind of revamp this roster or do something that makes them look better than how they've looked over these past 9, 10 games, particularly against the Miami Heat, you're going to be waiting for a while. Yes, we had a trade of Ariza and Ubre and Rivers uh, over the weekend, but that is a rare, rare December trade. And yes, December 15th was when you could trade guys who have signed new contracts, hence why Ariza was able to be moved there. 
But December trades don't happen very often. January picks up a little bit more steam, but it's mainly February when you see big deals get done and in place. The Pelicans were close to the trade deadline the past two years with Miritich last year and then DeMarcus Cousins the year before that, all right around the All-Star game and the trade deadline. This team's going to have to kind of tough it out for the foreseeable future because they're not going to make a big move to try and bring someone in if, you know, this is just not how it gets done and there's not enough separation in the standings for teams to know necessarily if they're buyers or sellers just yet. So we might be dealing with this up and down team a little bit longer for another month or so until things kind of shake out more. Or this team just kind of gets their act together, which I don't think any of us are really counting on. It's going to be interesting. So hold your breath if you know you, you want a deal to get done. There's no point in yelling about it because that's just not how the NBA works. But it's going to be interesting around the trade day deadline. What teams are active, what aren't, and what are maybe just saving their pieces for potentially Anthony Davis, who right now the Pelicans have no interest in trading. I'm trying to reassure you all on that. It's going to be kind of weird, and that's just, I don't know, some sort of ironic dynamic that's kind of out there right now, which maybe in a weird way helps the Pelicans and helps them keep Anthony Davis. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans back healthy enough to record, which is definitely a nice thing. So thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Also, if you want to hear some topics on the podcast, tweet me. It's again, at Nola Jake. Got some time this week in between games that slows things down. So let me know what you want to hear on Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. I'll be back with you all tomorrow.